It's the bachelor lifestyle. Get in my studio for a minute, it's my first impression, bros. Prime Beck and Jay Stewart breaking down all the shows. It's the Bachelor on ABC with Chris Harrison. You grind in a limo sent home. How embarrassing, the most dramatic ever. And that's what we like. Play your cards right, you might end up on paradise. Here's Welcome back. It is the Bachelor Lifestyle from theballerlifestyle.com. The end of the, 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 the slow death slog that was this season of Paradise has come to an end. Of course, we're here to do, do a postmortem. Uh, my name is Brian Beckner. I am joined, as always, by Jason Stewart. Jason, what's up? Hello, everybody. Signature sign on. And we are lucky enough to be joined by somebody who's really come through to help us kick off and to bookend a bunch of seasons, a bunch of the past few seasons. Lucky to have him. Stoked to have him. Steve, reality Steve Carbone is with us. What's up, reality? Hey guys, what's up? Good to have you, know, you buddy. I, I, I need to add one thing about our, our guest uh, before we, we move forward. I found it humorous. Uh, listening to his podcast last week, um, he was really kind of giving us his plight about how hard it is to be reality, Steve. Keep, keep in mind, um, you know, I know Steve, we're friends. He hasn't had to have a real job in quite some time. This is his his work is his website, blogs, yeah. social media. That's work. He He's gets income. It. Yeah. And um, you know, there are people doing real work work in this world. And there at least ten times uh Steve was telling his listening audience, you know, it's it's gonna be hard work. I got uh, I got all the women, all the women do uh, you know, I got to go on the internet, got to get all their information. Yep. I want to make sure I got links to everything. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's not hard work, but it's a lot of work. He must have said that 10 times. It's not hard work. Don't get me wrong, but it's a lot of work. Right. And I'm thinking there's like a single mother in Omaha oh, yeah. that has to slave through two jobs. And, and, and the old man, it was a deadbeat who ran out on the kids. He was like, yeah, that that you call that work, you asshole. Um, well, I mean, it is true. It's a lot of work. It's just not hard. It is. It's a lot of, no, I, I get what Steve's saying because it's tedious work. And this, this reality, Steve, he's really giving of his soul because it's not like you are a, uh, it's a labor of love for you where you just fucking love the bachelor so much that it's just, it just, something you think about 24 seven. Cause it means so much to you. You detest the bachelor. You it's a terrible show. You can't stand it, but it's, it's your niche. You've found a lane and you're the best in the world at it. So you're running with it. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's the way I look at it. If I wasn't making money off this show, if this show wasn't my job, I, I've said it in so many interviews, I'd never watch it. It just wouldn't not. be interesting. There's plenty of other shows that I'm much more interested in watching, but like I said, this is my niche. This is my job. And yeah, I think I remember, I think the funniest thing about what Stu just said is the fact that he said he actually listened to my podcast. I didn't even know you listened to my podcast. Stu. I only listen to two podcasts, yours and uh, the Baller Lifestyle. I never he, miss a mention of either he, of them. He doesn't listen to Baller Lifestyle. That's a lie. He listens when he's on the Baller Lifestyle and he's and he'll text me and be like, hey, um, can you... Uh, can you send me the link to that Back to the Future episode we did four years ago? And I'm like, what? Search for it. Oh, somebody wants to hear it. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Um, let's do a couple quick emails and then we'll get into what happened, how the uh, Bachelor in Paradise wrapped up and what we're looking forward to with the new Bachelor uh, quickly. Hey, fellas. God damn. If it wasn't for you guys doing your podcast and making fun of this season, I wouldn't watch another pathetic, lame and dull season ever in Bachelor in Paradise history. You guys are right. Either change this shit up. They need to make rules and we can discuss that. Or I'm done. If it wasn't for Tasha's giant milky cans swinging all over the beach, I wouldn't watch either. They need to go back to Bachelor Pad where there is a monetary prize involved because this was, is the fucking worst. Between Dean Ungalert and that tired ass, boring fucking Demi and her lame girlfriend, it's total shit. ABC, we get it. You're accepting of people of color and different sexual orientations. Well, we all are, of course. The rest of us were were 15 years ago. How come Demi hasn't called her mom in prison on an ABC phone to see if she is cool with her dating a woman, too? Blake, having been balls deep in half the women there, kept our interest for a short time. And Tasha's cans. Yes, we got that. You think you guys think Chris will live live till the finale? Take care, Brian and Stu. Thanks for keeping me laughing through this garbage. That's from our good friend David Bray, attendee of the uh, Reality Steve Listener Appreciation Weekend. Yes, David's uh, there. Yes. Uh, okay. Here's another one. Hello, everybody. Is it just me or does Christian look like the budget version of Belinda Carlisle? By the way, that storyline about Christian flirting with other girls was a manufactured setup, of course. That is from Will in Oregon. I wouldn't, at first I read that email and I was like, are you kidding? And then I do, I do kind of see, see it like an extreme, like a 99 cent store version of Belinda Carlisle, who was just one of the hottest babes of all time in the early 1980s. I think that there was a not even early 1980s. She was on the Go Go's. Um, she was still kind of getting rid of her baby fat Zofted. a little bit. Yeah, she had a little and, bit of fat Lizzie shoe going for. Her. She, she got super hot during her first couple of singles because she got on uh, the yayo. She was she was oh, balls yeah. deep in the yayo at that point. And I just saw her um, in a, a Richard Blade Throne festival. Shut About up. 18 months ago, uh, Psych Furs, OMD, Berlinda Carlisle, and she's she's smoking right now. She's, she looks, she looks hot. She's 60. She's at least 60. Oh, yeah. All yeah. of them were. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about it. The finale, um, who who got engaged? So there was uh, Chris and Katie. Oh, first of all, there was, the, there was the option of the fantasy suites. And so the fantasy suite kind of gave you a heads up about who was who was in it to go the long haul. Um, Chris and Katie, what, what, what is going on with them? Um, Stu, your thoughts. I just think that there's a, um, there, there's a disconnect with, uh, with, with Chris and the, the rest of, uh, of, of humankind because he, he knows what he wants. He tells her he loves her and he just can't quite like express it enough to sell it. And then he's constantly throwing in language that conflicts what he's saying. And like I said last week, Katie grasps to the positive of what he's saying. She so badly wants to be with it. And then she doesn't take the other stuff as red flags. So she just 
She's stayed in this the entire time. We saw it play out through the through the fantasy suite. They had a decent night, and then we saw it play out on the couch last night. I still don't know if if they're together or if he's in it. He's really old. Super um, old. He's older he than us. Walk, when he was walking up to uh, you know, to the I guess the little rose platform where they they typically get engaged. He was limping. Needed a I think walker. He just had a, I think he just has knee replaced. <laughs> But um, yeah, Katie and Chris. I, since we have the ultimate spoiler here, what, what's the update on on their relationship, Steve? Uh, they're still together. I mean, they took to Instagram the second the finale aired last night, and you know, gave the old you know, we're relationships are tough. Got to fight through adversity. It was like every cliche in the book, but basically uh, they were together last night watching the show. And um, yeah, they're still together. Um, you know, relationships are have ups and downs. We're working on each other. Neither of us are perfect. I mean, it was just everything that you would expect a couple like that to say after what we saw last night. Yeah, they- Any dirt? Any yes. dirt on Chris that, that we don't know other than the fact that he's been on every entity of The Bachelor for the past eight years? And he's lying about being 32, right? There's no way a guy that looks that old that originally showed up on Emily Maynard's season can possibly be in his early 30s. Any insight on that, Steve? Well, he when he was on Emily Maynard's season, I don't know if you remember, but he was kind of being picked on by the guys in the cast, the quote unquote older guys in the cast, because they thought he was too young. Because when he was on Emily Maynard's season, he was 24. And they were just basically, right. his narrative was, dude, you're 24. And yeah, she might be 24 or 25, which he was at the time, but she's a mother. You're 24. You're not ready to get into, become a stepfather, essentially. And he got a lot of shit for that. So, I mean, that was, he was 24 on Emily's season. So and, he's so just Matt a hard. That was eight years ago. Yeah. He, he's a hard looking 32 is what we're, what we're supposed to take away from this. He might be 33 now by now, but sure. yeah, he's two thirty three. Yeah, sure. It was, it was interesting because these people are on TV and obviously they're having um, problems in the relationship. Katie, who I think is very cute and earnest and could do a lot better than this guy. They're, they're having problems. And I think their main problem is articulating what, actually is the problem in their relationship because they talked about it for about 14 minutes on TV last night. And I have no clue what their issue is. Yeah, it was funny because we saw it and then we got the clip of them outside uh, the studio during commercial break. And we saw them on the couch and then we saw them outside. And that was my takeaway from it. I said, I don't know what I just watched. Yes. I don't know what they're arguing which, about. Which, are they which, just arguing because she brought it up on stage? Or are they arguing because they got deeper issues that he claims, hey, we've already talked about this. Yeah. So why are we talking about it again? You know, I, I think it's a combination of like uh, Chris, like I said, he, there's a disconnect there. And then Katie, that we've seen a trend here. Her dumping of Will was one of the more – a curious and intriguing exchanges of the entire season. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold Will, on. Will, remember Will, the, Will's, the other wide-eyed black guy. Wills. Oh, Wills. The blonde, yeah, the, like, the, oh, the... Wait, wait Will. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, Wills. So, uh, so he, he tries to uh, pour his heart out at her, and then she spends the next five minutes crying 
right. and going back and forth on <laughs> yes. something. Yes. And then basically says, I, I, I love that somebody feels that way about me. I'm just not happy it's you. I mean, that was one of the more curious, confusing parts of the season, but I loved it. I, yeah, I liked it too. And I like Katie. Obviously, these two aren't in it for the long haul, but uh, it was very clear that some action was had in Fantasy Suites, so good for them. Uh, let's talk about Dylan and Hannah. Super boring. So dull. Nobody cares. Not interesting at all. Uh, we learned that she's moving to California. Biggest fucking shock of the season. Did not see that coming. You mean somebody that was an Instagram influencer prior to coming on The Bachelor is going to try to make their way in Los Angeles? Shock. I'm getting a vibe here, and I want to know what you think about this, Steve. I know I think I saw maybe you tweet, or it might have been TMZ lifting something from you, that these two were at the beach in San Diego like a week and a half ago. I'm yeah. I'm getting a Marcus and Lacey vibe off these two where you're just quietly not going to hear much about them and then it's going to be like they never happened. What do you know about Dylan and Hannah? I mean, I from what I hear, they're happy, you know, they've been together ever since. They've seen each other numerous times while this show has been airing. Um the Bachelor in Paradise producers are a little more lackadaisical on the couples at the end, you know, having their time together, as opposed to if you're the Bachelor or Bachelorette, like Jed and Hannah have to right. go on these, you know, private CIA level type, you know, missions to see each other, you know, coordinated by ABC. Uh, you know, Demi and Christian have been seen out since the end of the show. Chris and Katie have been seen out. Uh, you know, while the show has been airing, same with Dylan and Hannah. I was the one that posted the picture of them at the beach right. down in San Diego. And right. it's, um, you know, I, it's, I, I just, the thing that I took from their thing last night, and I think Dylan said this to her when they were sitting on the couch before they got frisky in the, uh, in the fantasy suite was basically him saying, and I, I actually want to get this quote right, but it's on a text message that I sent to somebody last yeah. night. So, Stu, give me your opinion and I'll find this text message. Well, it was probably, this is my person or she's my person or I'm his person because they both said that uh, 700 times throughout the season. And, and, and my take on Dylan and Hannah is basically my take on um, a- any of the couples that go from like, you know, early on in the season to the end. The, nobody wants the good hunky dory story no the cameras stopped the cameras stopped following them yes i i forwarded through their engagement i forwarded through their on the couch last night i i I, no no viewer wants to see that which contradicts everything that chris harrison really wants us to believe about this this show this is the last thing it's about is falling love The, the the thing it's about is drama on the beach Absolutely. Naked, attractive people. This is why they need to institute my three rose rule. You give her a rose. She gives you a rose. You give her a rose and it's time to go. You need to leave. Now it's time to leave the show. You've made a connection and we'll see you at the reunion episode. And let's bring in some fresh blood. That's looking to throw it around a little bit. Let's get, let's make something exciting happen here. All right. I found my quote. (laughs) Hit hit it. (laughs) He, he says when he's sitting there with her and they're just fawning over each other, I'm insanely in love with you. I want to have a family with you. Oh and it's just, what dude you know, says that? you know, it, it, not only what dude says that, I don't care 
that this show is filmed a little differently where you actually do get to spend, you connect with someone on day one, you can literally sleep with them every night if you want to. Whereas the bachelor, you go home and you share it with 25 other people. And you only time you ever see the person you're supposed to be interested in is on group dates and cocktail parties and rose ceremonies. So I get it. They definitely get to spend more time together on paradise. Probably why we've had more successful couples, but good point. Just to say something like that, that, I want to have a family with you. It's just, I don't buy anything that these people say because number one, they know they're being filmed for a television show. Number two, they know they have to say stuff that the other person wants to hear. And number three, they all know they're in a bubble. They haven't been able to leave Mexico or have a phone or talk to friends or talk to family. Like to say that to somebody who's never even met your family is just stupid. It's weird. Me. Yeah, I agree. And you, I know want- doing? Yeah. you know who doing reminds me of, by the way, I, I, I finally put it together last night. Um, and by the way, I don't know if Steve's got the exact numbers on this. He's like five foot four, like 140, like dripping wet, right? Because she was wearing like half heels last night, so she wouldn't be as tall as him. Yeah. I know she's tiny. No, she's, and he I remi- think she's tall. Is she he, not? But he, he reminds me of like the typical like 19 year old that we sent to Europe in World War II. <laughs> Kind of like, uh, kind of like Steve Rogers before he became Captain Rogers. Captain America. Captain America. <laughs> Ill in America. <laughs> he he's the guy that caught it in, in the chest in uh, Saving Private Ryan. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, Demi and Christian. Let's just go through that quickly. Who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. I will ask you this: the um, very cloying in-your-face, stupid um, proposal that came during the reunion. Steve, do you have any insight? What is the Neil Lane connection? Because why not propose if there's a $20,000 ring on the table for you? They both got rings because they're both chicks and they did a proposal. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's why this show is... I mean, it's also oversaturated at the end because it's like, okay, we just saw back-to-back-to-back proposals. I think it's why it loses its luster. It's like, okay, great. Three people got engaged after three weeks. Like, it's just so impossible to believe. Um, And we all know it's because it's the product of the show. They want you to get engaged. But in terms of the Demi-Christian storyline, you know, I I had – I in my podcast that Jay Stu listened to from beginning to end last week – with uh, Andy Dennert of realityblurred.com. He had a great quote when we were just talking about it. And for those that don't know, the guy who runs realityblurred.com, Andy Dennert, is a gay man himself. So I was asking him his opinion on being a gay man yourself. We we don't necessarily see a lot of same-sex couples on network television. Uh, Certainly not that as many got as much physical action as these two did all season. Um, You know, what'd you think of it? And he's just like, you know, look, I, I mean, it's good that, we're getting representation, but the way this show basically backpatted themselves all season about totally. it is what turned me off. And, and the quote he used was bachelor in paradise dipped Chris Harrison's little toe into bisexual waters, then congratulated itself for swimming all the oceans of the world. Oh, that's he goes, great. That's great. It's a great quote because yeah. it's, it's, it's what, it's what happened. It's like, we knew the second a girl who wasn't even in bachelor nation came on like when I heard about this stuff and I spoiled it before the show ever aired, I was hearing that she was going to come on. And then once she came on, because nobody knew her, 
Demi would be like, oh, I realized you're the one I want to be with, and they would just leave Paradise. Because yeah, well, that makes Kaylin sense. And, like, Kaylin and Plus's face went to, went to their van afterwards. It's a game show. You know, like yeah. you connected. You won the game. Now leave. Go home. Yeah, and then once I saw that, once I started hearing that, oh, no, Christian got to stay, and her and Demi just give each other roses every rose ceremony, I'm like, oh, well, obviously this is done because they want to pat themselves on the back. Stupid. For saying like, hey, look at us. We love LGBTQ when they haven't given a shit about it for 17 years. You know, yeah. it's like, totally well, that, that's the thing. I always think that's funny. Like when um, when like Sports Center did their first like all women sports center and they made a big deal out of it. And we we're all supposed to be real happy for them. And it's like you can't be in control of something and then pat yourself on the back that you finally did it after however many years like. If you're really that big of a deal, why didn't you do it in 1987? Like if it was that if it was that important to do it, you're in control of the narrative here. And, yeah. the, and the thing that really pissed me off about this season, and I, um, you know, out of fear of of, uh, of looking unwoke, like they couldn't even they couldn't even put somebody on camera that had a descending thought about it. I I know there was at least one cast member that was like, wait a minute. There's now there's now somebody that that nobody knows taking up camera time, eating our food, drinking our drinks. I mean, and isn't this about you know Bachelor in Paradise and the family? Like I know there was descending thoughts, and I know ABC completely censored that shit, and I yep. hate that. Yep. It all had to be happy. Everyone had to cheer when they got up and did the engagement last night. Everybody in the audience had to look exuberantly happy when. I know for a fact there's been viewer fatigue on this thing. Of course. It's like, really? Really? We're going to see this again? I, the only thing is, I don't know if there was dissension, but I can tell you this. Here's a little inside dirt. When Christian showed up and Demi went and talked to her, and then Demi brought her down. Remember when she brought her down in front of everybody? They were all sitting there, and she's like, hey, everybody, just want to let you know this is, this is my girlfriend, Christian, and whatever. Uh, I know for a fact that um, because Demi had been seeing Christian pre-show, I know for a fact that most of the girls that were down in Mexico knew who Christian was and had already met her. Of course. So they all the fact that they all had to pretend that they were seeing her for the first time and couldn't acknowledge, like, yeah, Demi, we've hung out with you two before. Like, we know. Just shows you how staged it was. It's That's it's, the thing. Like, it wasn't dissension. It was like kind of an eye roll kind of thing. Like, yeah, okay, great. It's lame. <laughs> right. And then it, what the the result is you get somebody like, Pat and Chino's daughter friend, daughter's friend Bree comes on and she's there for like an episode and a half. Whereas if they cleared out some of this dead weight, you could bring some of these night wonders from the past in and have more happening on the show. It gets so stagnant towards the end because these people are supposedly coupled up that there's just nowhere to go and it gets so uninteresting and it's such a bummer. Okay. We got to talk about Clay. The Claymaker and Nicole, they were, they were another pair. And I just want to see what you guys think about this. They were another pair that was mostly together for the whole season. But when it came time to go to the fantasy suites, uh, Clay was like, she, Nicole's like, look, I'm in love. Let's get married. I'm moving to Chicago. I want to have a kid soon. Like we're together. We're in this. And Clay like any reasonable human being, despite the CTE, that has known someone for a couple of weeks, 
was like, I'm not there yet. <laughs> and she, and this is what I love about this show. She loses her shit and he's, but he's not saying I want to break up. He's not saying I don't want to eventually have you moved to Chicago. He's saying, you know, let's see where this goes, which is a completely rational, understandable reaction. But because it's a reality show, Nicole has to say, well, I'm fucking out of here. I'm leaving. It's over. I quit. And it was, and it was something that I found interesting also was that Nicole was so angered because she'd like given everything to Clay. It's almost like she forgot about eight days before when she was about to leave Clay for Christian because Clay's too, he's too um, passive. She almost dumped him and bounced over to Christian. And now she's totally jilted. Your guys' thoughts, Jay Stu, well, Clay that's Nicole. the thing. I mean, the, the, the pinata incident was all a fight about Nicole. Three dudes uh, quarreling over Nicole and she loved it. She loved did it. nothing to stop it. And now she, and now she puts a clock on Clay and walks off pouting. But it also, it also is a great representation of what's really funny about Bachelor in Paradise and the actual Bachelor Bachelorette uh, series is that so much weight is put in the, the night of the fantasy suites when they finally get to go behind closed doors without the cameras on. Like that, that seven and a half hours yes. is going to make or yes, break yes. A, a relationship that, yes. that so much is going to be done and said that all everyone's mind is made up. And so it was just really funny how Clay told her that he didn't, you know, he wasn't really up for the fantasy suite because he wasn't quite sure yet. And she just went nuts the night before. He said, let me sleep on it. But it was just so funny. Like, like in last night's episode, you know, they, they had the obligatory thing where every couple had to go on camera and talk about how important the fantasy suite night was to take their relationship to the next level yeah. to confirm feelings and all this shit. And I always just laugh out loud. Yeah, I'm pretty they, sure you know exactly what you're going to do before that night. Well, And also they've been pumping the whole time. It's not like the bachelor where they're separated. Like there's, right. they, they've been slamming since night one, probably. <laughs> and, and the thing too is in real life. And I don't know, um, Steve could weigh in on this, but if, if I just spent a night with a woman that I love, I've expressed all the feelings, you know, behind closed doors yeah. without the camera. Yeah. I've expressed all the feelings and you know exactly where I'm going to come out. That's right. When I walk up to you the next day at the row ceremony, because like that in real life, you're just going to know that. And it's just such a, an ordeal that the show thinks that we think that they're hearing that for the first time at that rose presentation or the, the ring presentation, it's just hilarious. But Clay and Nicole, they I, they were not at the uh, at the reunion. I was going to say, did, story behind that? did I sleep through that? Because I feel like they weren't at the reunion. I, I'm glad to have that confirmed because I don't remember them. Uh, Steve, what's going on there? They were there. Um, their whole what? segment. They were there. They're, no, their whole segment just got cut. <clears throat> Never aired. <laughs> Shut up. It shows you. It shows you what ABC thought of that. <laughs> relationship i guess they figured let's let's have let's have uh jade and tanner and their baby run around on stage what was let's that hear from, let's hear from goose and crystal uh and let's hear from carly and evan and have their baby 
say funny things. But no, uh, Clay and Angela, I'm Clay and Angela. Clay and Nicole had a, a full eight and a half minute segment um, that Bachelor in Paradise's Twitter account released online today wow. as a deleted scene. But wow. it's just the fact that they didn't acknowledge, and it's not like this was a couple like, um, you know, Bree and old Matt Donald. This was a couple that in the first hour of the show we watched last night yep. were one of the final four couples crazy. that we invested time into. And they're just like, eh, not worth showing. And and it basically was, I can for those that didn't see the clip or didn't read the spoilers, it's basically, it was a lot more of the same. The only thing that we learned was, you know, Clay said, look, I was willing to leave that island as your boyfriend. Yep. Why, why wasn't it? And she's like, I wasn't looking, for, I was looking for more of a commitment. He's like, after three weeks, like yeah. basically he's saying, look, let these other people get engaged. That's fine. That's not me. I don't want to do that, but I do want to see you. And that just wasn't good enough for it's, her. It's far too ra- rational. Yeah, it's too ra- rational doesn't work on this show. No. The only other thing we found out was Clay wished her luck because Nicole is now dating uh, some new guy, not Bachelor Nation guy in Miami. And she has befriended Angela. She has become friends. Uh, shut up. Shut yeah. up. So, it was, so Clay had to sit there and basically take daggers uh, from two women who basically said, shared the same story. Like, yeah, this guy's so wishy-washy. He won't, he won't commit. He, you know, Angela retells the story about two days before he broke up with her. He's asking her how good looking he thinks their babies will be. And I'm just like, you know, yeah. Dude can't, and I felt bad for the guy. He, that sh- that should have been on the show. You make a good point. We had to sit through uh, yeah. through Jade and Tanner and their kid and Goose. I didn't think this was possible. This Goose shaved his beard, and he was able to somehow get sixty percent uglier than he than he already was. <laughs> no, no, I, I said that he uh, he he. I didn't know that he was Clay from Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the, but the I don't thing. know how much – maybe he – because Crystal is a fitness person or whatever. Yeah. But him shaving the beard, he looks like he lost 50 pounds since yeah. they got married. Yeah, he's emaciated. Super skinny, and I don't know what it was, but that's what I took from it. His face looked really different. But the uh, but the Clint, the Clay Nicole thing reminds me of what we talked about last week with Tasha and John Powell Jones. It was like – because the show says you're either engaged or you're breaking up, it was like we had to watch an emotional goodbye between Tasha and JPP when everything played out exactly how Brian and I talked about. It's like what they could have easily, in a, in a reasonable yep. situation, said, "Hey, we're not we're not really there yet. We're both fun people in our early to mid twenties who just want to have fun and be famous. We'll just hang out afterwards." But that's against the rules of, of paradise. So we had to like see tears and gut wrenching stuff and JPP pout again and run off. And, and then Nicole fell under the same spell. Like they, <laughs> if you're not engaged after 18 days on the island, then it's over. It's over. Your, your lives together are over. That we should we should cover the Tasha JPJ thing while you bring it up because that was super annoying. So she, they're there on the reunion show and Tasha's getting interviewed. And Tasha, I mean, she did herself well this season. She had them out. They were on display. Just her body is unbelievable. Uh, but she was she was talking about how she got home and she's like, 
all I could think about was John Paul Jones. And it was like gnawing at her that she had, she had let something go. I don't know. Just fucking send him a text, like pick up the phone, call him, like slide into <laughs> very, very, very karate kid two ish where we, you know, we couldn't have picked up. We couldn't have called uh Yuki a back <laughs> right. in Okinawa when yes. dad was dying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope we could have been solved by a phone call. <laughs> This isn't, you know, this isn't 1911 where Woodrow Wilson had to write a love letter to his right. love interest in Great Britain. You don't have to get on a ship. So she's like, yeah. oh, I, uh, so I decided to fly to Maryland. Oh, did you? Like, what if he was out of town that weekend? Like, there's no way, <laughs> yeah. nobody just fucking jumps on a plane and goes and hopes that the person's home. Maybe, maybe, maybe they have a job interview in fucking Dallas, you know? Like, what, what are you talking about? And, and, and Tasha's like, I mean, the entire time I've been pissed off that JPJ has was rewarded for that tantrum he threw this season. Like, it was so irrational. It was stupid. He's obviously like he's like Colton's age in emotional yeah. uh, health and maturity. And I, I really was pissed off that she rewarded him. I really was. I think that. Uh, he should have been given a lesson. Like you don't act this way when you're an adult, but he got Tasha at the end. That, he, that's to me, that's just, he did my guy, Derek Peth dirty. Oh yeah. You know, Derek didn't do anything. He was just hanging out and yeah, he likes to, he likes to pump his Instagram followers, but that's the point of getting famous. <laughs> like that's what you do when he you're well known. He likes to slam, uh, the followers and his, uh, his readers and listeners on his podcast, he likes to slam ass. Right. Of course. Of course. JPJ. Nobody's, nobody's like, Oh my God, can you believe, um, David Lee Roth used to pump all his groupies? Like (laughs) Motley Crue. Can you believe those guys used to have sex with their fans? Like, yeah, that's what you do when you're well known. That's the point of it. I know (laughs) who who would, who would possibly have sex with their fans? It's so just, wow. Yeah, maybe like somebody from the Rochester area slides into your DMs and they want to come visit, you know? He you let them, right? That's just that's just what you do. Good point. Good point. <laughs> uh okay, Blake and Kalen. Uh Blake, Kalen, uh-huh. Dean Ungler, Connor, Whitney, the whole thing. I don't I didn't know this Blake. I didn't watch Becca Kufrin's season. I didn't like her and her long face. I wasn't into anything about that. So I wasn't really up to date on Blake, but there has never been that I recall somebody that has gone from s- such a perch to such a low sad place so quickly so quickly as this guy, um, he, he just had to sit there and take his lumps last night. It was kind of sad. Uh, Jay, well, Stu, I mean, your thoughts. Because you, because you didn't see Becca season. I mean, he, he just came off as such a, uh, innocent to the world guy, like kind of a, 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 a golly G O shucks guy, but sincere and just like, just like an all American guy, I think from the Midwest or wherever he was from, he went from that to getting a little taste of bachelor fame. He got hair plugs. All, he got he got, all, he, right, he got he got hair plugs. He had the scar. He got he got hair plugs because he wanted to look good. But Steve probably has many more details than me, but my read on this was, you know, between Becca's season and Paradise, he was very well um 
ensconced is that the word in the bachelor nation and yeah. the women of the bachelor stage coach. You got to know them you got to know a lot of them through social media and these little bachelor events all culminating in stagecoach which we've uh, talked about a lot on this podcast he but he goes from this like golly g guy to a guy that just is crushing ass at stagecoach and he, he didn't play it smart he played it like a first-time fornicator. He played it like like a Good very no, novice cheater, where all the women were were somehow in the know of his doings, and all those women ended up on Bachelor in Paradise, where he was humiliated on camera during the season at least twice. And then last night, all of a sudden, the 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 bottom basement of this day and age, he's now a slut shamer. Yep. There's no yep. way out of this. So I didn't, Steve, brief me on that because I'm not a spoiler guy. So I didn't dip my toe in the um, Blake releasing Kalen's text story. What what went on there? How did he put her on Front Street? What was said on the text that he shared? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. That was the whole thing. Totally forgot it. Um, okay, so... When the episode aired of Kalen, you know, calling Blake out, saying he tried to silence her, saying you shamed me or whatever, uh, Blake felt that being called, being told by a sexual assault survivor, you silenced me. I think that's what put him over the edge. Yeah. And he felt like, look, that's not what happened. And Blake's stance is, and I actually, Blake did one podcast today that I listened to. He went on Alley and... Rachel's podcast, and he said this is the only interview he's doing for a while. He's going to kind of remove himself from everything. So I wanted to hear what he said, and they went over every detail. Um, his stance was, I released the texts, and I'll get to what they said in a second, because somebody, the accusations that she were making to me were false, and I couldn't just go on Instagram or do an Instagram story or tweet out, uh, Kaylin and I just had a one-night stand at, at – um, you know, Kaylin Stage and I just coach. had a one-night stand at Stagecoach. She was the one after me. Right. Because that never would have flown with anybody. So basically, it's what he said, but he showed texts, their text conversation. He's got the receipts. Stagecoach, and they were, I think they were at five in the morning, and she is basically telling him, um, let me come over. And he's saying no. Wow. And, he's like, and she's like, come on, you know it's good. It'll just... It'll be fun or whatever. And she's basically begging him for sex, which, look, I, I don't care that she did it. I mean, good yeah. for her. She's a horny girl, whatever. She's yeah. horny. And she was texting him, and he was giving pushback to her, which he eventually re relented on. But I think what he's saying is if I said, hey, everybody, she was coming on to me at Stagecoach. You're all making it seem like I chased her around, and I was – and I banged – like she was after me, and I relented. People would have been like – you shitty person. Right. Like, why would you, you know, how, why, why would we believe you? You were being banging all these other girls. So he just said, look, here's the text. And it clearly showed that Kaylin was the aggressor that night. doesn't make it wrong. It just means that, Hey, back off the, I chased her and all this stuff. And then he also released another set of texts, which was, I believe roughly 10 days before they left for filming. And it was a discussion between Blake and Kaylin about, are we going to tell people, 
in paradise that we hooked up. And she's like, I think we should. And Blake's like, look, I don't really think we should unless we're asked about it. It's like, no need to bring it up. Um, so it, it, it all went to this accusation from the show that Kaylin was like, look, this guy ghosted me. We were serious. He's like, look, 10 days before we went on the show, her and I were totally cool with, hey, we go on the show. If people ask, we'll tell them. If they don't, we, we don't need to bring it up ourselves and sit everybody down and say, hey, everybody, we had sex at uh, Stagecoach two months ago. So, so Blake so, basically got done dirty here. He got done dirty, and Kaylin is playing the victim like she always mm-hmm. has since yep. she was on Colton's season. Yep. And so I have no problem with the text messages being released. However, everyone on stage did. Right. And I think they have a I think they probably had an issue with it because Blake was basically in a lose lose situation. He either says, Hey, she was the aggressor and it makes him look like an asshole, or her releases them and it shows a five AM text of a horny girl, which now she is being called a slut for. So he was he couldn't win. And that's the problem with the whole situation is Blake couldn't win, but the only way to defend himself was to basically make Kaylin look bad. And Kaylin, since we have seen her on Colton's season, has been marked as this, you know, as a sexual assault survivor. So there are just people out there that can't separate the fact that she was a sexual assault survivor and the fact that she's really done some pretty devious things and manipulative stuff while on this show. I can separate. I think she's a drama queen. Of course. Yeah. Doesn't mean mean she wasn't sexually assaulted in college. And it doesn't mean I don't feel bad for her for what she's been through. But don't tell me I can't say. I think she's a manipulative bitch and a total drama queen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you don't get a, uh, you don't get a free pass for bad behavior just because something awful happened to you, uh, previously. Yeah. I understand that. Uh, okay. What about Dean? Dean, my man Dean, by the way, takes the fucking style God award last night. He had like a, a, a lavender jacket. Oh, he had and what was going on he had a he had a bolo tie yeah a bolo tie with a big c i assume for kaylin the guy had the drip going last night and we got a we got a tour of the van where he slays kaylin i just don't see that thing really um going the distance i don't see them being on the same page at all i feel like dean ungelert is needs to drive across the country and just pump in every town and honestly that could be a show. That could be a show. I actually pitched this show one time to a buddy of mine that's a reality TV producers producer. This is back before social media. I just thought of it right now. And it was called um Road Hose. And it was dudes. It was a it was a reality show game show where guys would drive across the country in a van and whoever hooked up with the most chicks. Uh, like won some money or something. I feel like that that Dean could have his own version of Roadhose. Uh, Jay Stu, your thoughts? Dean and Kalen, do you see this? Is this going to be a Jade and Tanner situation where they're settled down with kids by next year's Paradise? I, I don't see it happening. Of course not. I, I don't. I don't trust. <laughs> I don't trust Dean. I think that she thinks it's really fun and adventurous, and but how how quickly does that wear out? Like how quickly does Quick. the the what is it minimal yes. whatever they whatever these van people life. call each other van life? I mean, it, she just seems like she she's way too desperate to be, for attention and likes this little thing of fame that she's had, 
and being with some transient has got to wear off after maybe like two months. Yeah, I, ju- I just can't stop. You know how I am, Jason. I don't like that they don't show them brush their teeth before they show them together in bed in the morning kissing. And when I th- when I see this van life, I um, all I can think about is where are these people taking a shit? And it's not it's not a private situation. Kaylin's got to tell Dean, hey, pull over at the at the AMPM in the next at the at the hopefully they got a flying J because I got to drop a deuce. I got a shit I got to take. And that's that makes the uh, the uh, magic go out of a relationship very quickly. Um, So, yeah, I don't I don't see them lasting long. And let's talk about Connor. Connor and Whitney, I'm sure Steve's got some background there. Connor went from the fucking outhouse to the penthouse very quickly. This Whitney showed up and they they apparently there's no phones in paradise because we've covered this already. Connor left even though he was waiting for Whitney and their and their suburbans crossed on the road, but they were able to meet up and they're still together. Connor doing very well for himself. Him and Whitney, what do you know about that, Steve? You know, I they were together, obviously, on the show. That that reunion show was filmed on August 27th, so three weeks ago. Dates. Um, I heard just today that I think they might be done. Wow. But I, I have no solid confirmation on that. I thought I heard that today, going word was going around that they're, they're now uh, done. But to getting back to Dean and Kaylin real quick. Sure. I mean, she talked about it on the show of, hey, where do you take a shower, dude? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, so I'm not, you know, the gym. I'm going to park the in the river. gym and go in the river. And I'm like, look, I get what Kaylin is. And, and, and one thing that stuck out to me this season was the fact that that one episode, they celebrated her 24th birthday. Yeah, she's a kid. So she's course, a child. Four-year-old is interested in a guy like Dean, who's like this world traveler and that that van life will be cool for about three to six months, if right. even that. And Until she'll, it rains. He's so over it, and he'll be over her, uh, and they are nothing. And I just want to add one last thing. I totally forgot to mention this at the top of the broadcast. The fact that adult film star Jessica James passed away today at the age of 43 should be um, Whoa. a moment of silence. Whoa. Yeah. Jessica James, very big in the early 2000s. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. Passed away at 43. Awful. I love her. Yeah. And oh, Stu, or uh, um, Brian, your, your, your show that you pitched. Yes. Roadhost. To your, to your Roadhost. I believe that's an Instagram, or I believe that's a website now called um, Shut Up. The, the Bang Bus, I believe. <laughs> Basically, what that is. <laughs> that's that's, is only, that's what they do. But they only, yeah. that's only in Miami. I'm talking about a cross country oh, okay. situation. <laughs> Bang Bus, like one of the the long standing series. I mean that still that, around? Is that still that's going? Been around much Is longer still than the back. Like, I remember oh, looking yeah. at that site in the early, like early two oh, thousands. Yeah. Is that still oh, around? Oh yeah, it's been around longer than the Bachelor has. They're still oh. doing the bus. They're still <laughs> banging on the bus on Bang Bus. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we Is got. Still around? Is he still doing his? Yeah. Thing? What about uh, Captain Stabbin? Captain Stabbin <laughs> still taking broads out to sea. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's uh, next? Bachelor. We, we, we should wrap up. We should talk about Pete. Bachelor Pete. This is a guy, and we talked about this before, who kind of um, really benefited from not winning the bachelor, 
Bachelorette because it came down. He was one of the final three. Everybody knows he he made it happen in the windmill multiple times. We've discussed it ad nauseum here. But the the thing is, is that Jed won the Bachelorette and it turned out he had a girlfriend and he's the worst guy in the world and he's persona non grata in the Bachelor world and I don't know what, what his music career is doing, but it's not happening for Jed right now. Meanwhile, Pete lost the Bachelorette and it also was revealed that he left a girlfriend to go on that game show. And now not only is that was that not a big deal for him in terms of his bachelorette run, but now he's been named the bachelor. This guy is really he's just nothing sticks to him. Uh, what do you guys think? I think he's going to be a really good bachelor. The guy likes to get it in, but he's also a very, oh, very sweet, sweet and seems like a nice guy. The German prayers that he does with his family are a little weird. Um, but other than that, what are you guys' thoughts? How, what do you guys think about Pete? I thought, I thought Pete played it uh, perfectly with Hannah. Um, I, I think Pete has had a lot of experience uh, having sex with women. He's a pilot. We all know how pilots get down on the road, those late nights, those delays, the cancellations. Oh, yeah. yes. uh, he's got a, a, a car that seemingly um, exceeds his income level, and he's got he that loves bends. his car. He's got wheels on uh, it. And he, he could drive you to an airplane hangar and fly you in a two-seater over, over Hollywood. Um, so... I think the guy made all the right moves and uh, Hannah lost out sucks for her. And uh, he, I think he's going to have a lot of fun with these, what 30 plus women, Steve. Yeah, they did this for Hannah's season where they released all the guys early on their Facebook page. And then I think three ended up getting cut. So they released 32 for Hannah's season and she had 29 to start. So my guess is they released 33 this week of um peter's women and uh, my guess is three to five will be cut so he'll start with 28 to 30 oh, but yeah I mean, uh, a solid crop um some real good looking women this season um i think you know it, it, it goes without saying we were talking about it off air just a childhood dream of pete weber to become the bachelor since you know he grew up just minutes from the man <laughs> you know just it's so he, and I think Pete said in an interview, I think it was on Kimmel last night or some interview he did. Maybe he said it with Chris Harrison last night. I've seen three interviews with the guy already. Um, he said that when he was in high school, I believe, like when they were filming, he would try and jump the fence at the man. Like he would try and sneak on Unbelievable. to actually see it. And I'm like, oh, God. Just, like there, like, like there is something, there's something romantic like when you hear like – you hear a guy grew up in Chicago and like grew up in the shadows of Wrigley Field, and he and now he's returning there as a member of the Reds, or just yep. like something yep. romantic about that. Uh, it doesn't do anything for me to uh, when Chris Harrison says you literally grew up in the shadows of the Bachelor Mansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that's really weird. A couple things I'm looking forward to from Pete. Um, he's the first bachelor, maybe since Juan pa Pablo that I feel like is a guy that can really do some work and potentially challenge Bob Guinea's standing record of 
six slays, six contestant <laughs> slays, which is the rumor. Um, another thing I'm excited about is Pete's Pete's brother appearing on camera again because he's there's a lot going on with that dude. I can't. I really can't wait for the uh, the bring the bring the girls home to meet mom and dad again so we could see what's going on with Pete's brother. I don't I can't recall being this excited about a bachelor in quite some time. I feel like Pete's going to do a great job. Yeah, we got so many we're going to get so many windmill references. We're going to get so many you know, Mile High Club references. We've Amazing. got three of these 33 women, three of them are flight attendants. Oh, Wait, yeah. <laughs> We got three flight attendants and one pilot. So we actually got four women in the aviation industry. I love this. That are probably going to be make that final, you know, list of 28 or 29 or whatever they choose to keep. And I bet um, I, I bet 21 of them are a member of the Mile High Club too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think this is this is going to be a I mean not like it's not like they don't make a bunch of sexual innuendos in <laughs> on every season of this show, but I think it's going to be over the top. I mean, I can already I mean, I'll set the over/under on sexual innuendo, aviation sexual innuendos on limo entrances at about probably four and a half. Uh, I mean, we're going to get at least, and I'll take the over. I'll I'll say at least five women will reference something about windmills or Mile High Club uh, out of the limo. It's just, it's, it's. This show puts too many easy jokes out there. I mean, remember last year with Colton, it was. You know, oh my God, our, our you know a virgin bachelor, virgin. and then how many you know virgin and cherry popping references did we get out of the limo? <laughs> they're gonna play it up. That's what they do. And that's probably why they brought Pete as the bachelor because they knew they had a you know kind of a fun, lighthearted, also sexually related uh, theme to work with all yeah, season. It works. Which is, how many of you are going to bang this guy four times in a night? Yeah, it works. It works on a yeah. lot of levels. It's really exciting. Uh, okay, Jay Stu, anything to add while we're here? Um, just the fact that we uh, we just saw a Bachelor in Paradise season that went from the best first two episodes or first two weeks to a, a huge snore. Uh, what Horrible. they call what they call groundbreaking, I call uh, backbreaking and uh, snore inducing, and I I really hope that they put their minds together and come up with a better format next season. Uh, get rid of the dead weight. Nobody wants happy loving couples on the show. And uh, good Agreed. luck to Peter. Maybe maybe I'll see him. Uh, around here in LA at some point. Do we, do we have an idea? I feel like this, this show usually kicks off like in, in the January time. Of January year. 5th. Is January that oh, 5th. Uh, first Monday, January 6th. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I meant. Starts, uh, starts filming Friday. Wow. Fantastic. And guys go, go to realitysteve.com. This guy, you want to see all the chicks that are going to be on uh, next year's bachelorette. Go to realitysteve.com. This guy does the Lord's work. He does yeoman's work. He's on top of this shit so far ahead of everybody else. If you really want to start handicapping the season, now is the time. Realitysteve.com is a place to be. Steve Carbone, it is, we are blessed to have you as a friend of the show. You are the best. Thank you very much for joining us. 
Just remember, it's not hard work. It's just tedious work. That's right. It is. It's a. It is your calling. You are a blessing to the world of the Bachelor, and I know they love you for it. Uh, Jay Stu, fantastic work this season, except for that one week where you showed up drunk and hadn't watched um, any of the four hours of the Bachelor, and then didn't talk for the entire episode. Other than that one, great job all season. You got it, buddy. We'll see you guys in January. All right. For Reality Steve Carbone, for Jason Stewart, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been the Bachelor Lifestyle from theballerlifestyle.com. We'll see you next season. But I cheated, logged on to Reality Steve. So it's the Bachelor Lifestyle we living in. It's the Baller Lifestyle we living in. It's the Bachelor Lifestyle we living in. It's the Baller Lifestyle. It's the Bachelor Lifestyle we living in. It's the Baller Lifestyle we living in. Lifestyle we live in it.